Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast, episode number 89. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And man, it's going to be a good night. It's going to be fun. Why is it going to be a good night, Anthony? Because we're drinking beer. You're not wrong. (laughs) I almost drank beer with dinner tonight, and I thought, man, I'm going to have beer when we record. So instead, I had a Jack and Coke. (laughs) (laughs) So I had beer with my dinner, and actually, uh, I drank the the Ruby that we reviewed just on Monday night. Yeah, Yeah, if you're Um, listening... um, We've recorded a few episodes in a short period of time because of um, just having the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, last weekend was the Fourth uh, of July, and with that came an extra day off. So Anthony and I took that opportunity to put one throw in the bank. In. So throw throw an extra episode in. Yeah. So, so it's gonna be good times mm-hmm. um, tonight. We're gonna drink a little bit of beer and we're gonna talk about First Peter. We're gonna talk about the church tonight, which is gonna be a fun fun topic and. Really, kind of like from here on out, and I'll kind of intro this in a little bit, but we're going to, the church is going to become the focus towards the end of First Peter's letter, so mm-hmm. it makes for a, for a good discussion, yeah. but uh, we'll save that for later. Michael, how's your week been going, man? What's uh, what's going on? Dude, it's been surprisingly not crazy. Uh, last week, we had some major things happening at work that required, um, it, it was just a very draining couple of days, and then yeah. this week has just been kind of more chill and relaxed um mm-hmm. you, know, come, you know it's a short week so there's you know less time to do stuff but also i don't have like a checklist of things i have to do every week my work kind of yeah. flows with um goes with the flow of you know as things come in so um it's been okay there uh home has been good we're um my wife is uh trying to figure out what she's going to do with her job stuff so she's got some crazy things going on there um yeah which I think we may have talked about a little bit, but yeah. Um, but you know, our son's good and we're, we're doing good and everyone's healthy, which is all we can hope for at this point. So that's how right. about you, Anthony, what's going on with you, man? We're busy. Uh, family, my family was out of town last week. So I was, uh, I was a bachelor. I don't, I don't know if I said this, like, so I'm terrible at cooking. And when my wife goes out of town, she has to like set out meals for me to basically preheat in the oven. Um, so that was how I survived, uh, a week with them away was, uh, my wife went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of frozen dinners mm-hmm. and I survived off of those. Uh, but they're back. So, so it's good to have them back. They had a good time. You're having uh, home cooked meals family. again, back to home cooked meals again. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I don't have to scrounge for like stuff anymore. I don't know. It's great. Um, but man, work, uh, work's been busy for us. Um, you know, it's, I, I was telling Michael, 
earlier today, it, it was one of those days where I kind of had like one thing that I wanted to get done. There's a lot of things I need to do, but there was one thing that I really wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. And just because of a bunch of interruptions, I did not get that one thing done. And, and so it's one of those like it, w- it wasn't a bad day. It was just kind of a frustrating day. Yeah. Um, and because you leave work and you're and you're like, I feel like I accomplished zero today. But oh well, I still got paid, so it's fine with yeah, me. <laughs> at the end of the day, as long as the check clears, I'm not really concerned about what I did or did not get done. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Of course, for me, the the more I don't get done, the further behind I get. So yeah, I'll get a. That's not good. You gotta you gotta no. stay ahead of that as much as you can. Yep. Yep. So, but man, I am excited about uh, sitting down and enjoying a couple of beers tonight. Um, got some good ones on tap. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, what do you have on tap for tonight? So tonight I'm going back to um, the Left Nut Brewing Company. They're located here in Gainesville, Georgia. Um, I actually passed them on the way to work. Um, <laughs> they're they're on they're on a road yeah. on my way to work. Um, we had I'm looking back through here. We had the. Uh, what was it? It was one of the very, very early the ones. Mighty Banyan. Mighty Banyan. That's, IPA. It's one I didn't like. It was one you did not like much. You gave it like two and a half Luthers, and one Luther was on the can. I actually gave that one yeah. four Luthers, and that was before my grow. I've grown into the IPA, um, liking yeah. IPAs a little bit. So I'm going back to Left Nut Brewing, um, located in Gainesville. I am drinking the Sweet Magnolia Mango Golden Ale. Um, yeah. it, it's a uh, just, just a mango. Mango ale. Um, let's see here. That, that's not helpful at all. Uh, I had the information. Uh, four and a half percent ABV, and um, I think I saw no IBUs on Untapped. It's not on Left Nuts website, so I actually found one this week that's not on the website. Not um, nice. But according to Untapped, it's a golden ale brewed with mangoes, light and crisp, with a savory mango flavor. Not too sweet from the malt. Not heavily hopped like IPAs. A juicy ale full-bodied and delivers a tropical floral taste with a bit of tart citrus so nice um it looks like most of the people on untapped have actually had it um on tap at left nut brewing so yeah um, which is actually i've never been there and I, like i said i pass it almost every single day on the way home so <laughs> probably you need to go i should make a stop there so um but i'm excited about this one it's a local brew for me so i'm i'm excited to see what left nut's got to offer it's been a while since i've done a right here in town brewing Mm -hmm. brewery so um but that's what i've got anthony what are you drinking so tonight i have the sipsy strawberry blonde ale from black warrior brewing company in tuscaloosa alabama again with tuscaloosa Um, man again with tuscaloosa i don't know what it is about tuscaloosa you got one from athens and you don't like georgia i got one from tuscaloosa and i hate alabama so here's what we should do we should find one from knoxville we should find one from knoxville Road trip. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> done. Deal. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, so this is a this is a summer seasonal beer. Um, they actually on their website they call it a customer favorite. So, uh, it says it's perfect for sunny afternoon. This beer combines the crisp refreshment of the blonde ale with the sweetness of ripe strawberries. Um, and I'll be I'll be one hundred percent honest. So I bought this one because my wife loves the Abita strawberry beer. So if I see one mm-hmm. that looks like it's a good strawberry. A lot of times I'll buy it just to see if she's going to like it. Um, okay. Has she had this one it, yet? She has not. I'm okay. drinking the first two, and usually I will tell her if it's good or not. Gotcha. Um, and and uh, she either takes my word or she goes, you're dumb. Most of the time she goes, you're dumb. <laughs> uh, but, 
But uh, this comes in at 5.1 ABV with 19 IBU, so I'm excited about a low IBU sweet fruity. Tell you what, man, the fruity beers have been growing on me. I, I've I've talked about mocking people who drank fruity beers, and I find myself more and more liking the the fruit infused flavored beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sorry for all the people that I mocked, and I, feel, I apologize. I feel like our tastes have changed significantly since we started. This. Oh yeah. Like when we started, oh, yeah. it was like. You liked Yingling, I liked Budweiser, <laughs> and anything outside of that was like, eh, I don't really want to try it at all. I'll, I'll try it, but I'm not going to guarantee anything. And yeah. now I'm like, ah, I mean, I buy Yinglings to drink, but, man, I'm I'm forever looking for something like, and I'll tell you what, the, the biggest surprise to me is how much I have grown to like Porter's. Mm. Porter's is the biggest surprise to me because that was one that I didn't really care for. Yeah. Porter, IPAs are still a little sketchy for me, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but porters, I like. I I look and I'll look and see if there's a good porter out there mm-hmm. or something that looks interesting. Yeah, for um, me, for me, the two that have grown like so, like you just said, IPAs. I've actually grown to almost like IPAs instead of just tolerate IPAs. <laughs> there are some IPAs that I'm like, man, that's not a bad beer at all. Um, yeah. But I have found, and I never had them before, but I am really enjoying sours. And if you've been listening oh, to yeah. the podcast last two months or so you've you've realized that michael yeah. likes his sours so yes um, yes he does i don't have a sour tonight i've got just an ale and um anthony also has himself a blonde ale so yeah um let's see what these things taste like let's crack them open let's crack them up and go to town here we go three two one crack there's like a handful of sounds that are better than the sound of a can being cracked open. But that there, but there aren't many. There aren't many. That's true. So this one. So when I first smelled this one before pouring it, it didn't smell a lot. Whoa. But after I poured out, it uh, it got a whole lot stronger. This has got a a nice ale color going on here. Mine's, you guys are almost looking the same. Yeah, mine's mine's actually pretty pale looking it smells yeah. like uh sliced mango is what it smells Ooh. like Ooh. And what's funny is so remember over the summer i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or not but i know you and i have talked about it um yeah. that yingling came out with a mango ale or a mango yeah, the, th- the raging eagle raging which I eagle find i've looked for it and apparently there's one place up here that sells it but it's in a part of town i never go to so i'm not like <laughs> i'm not gonna drive in like and it sounds silly, but I'm not going to drive 10 minutes the wrong way <laughs> to get a $8 pack of beer, you know? Such first world problems we have. <laughs> I know a guy I know a guy who's had it, and he says it's really good, and he told me where it is. So I may reach out to oh, him okay. and be like, hey, uh, if I pay you a little extra, can you go get it for me? <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. But, but dude, this this um, sweet magnolia mango ale from Left Nuts smells like a mango. And, nice. and has the color of mango, and I'm glad I've got two of them sitting out here. So, yep, I've got my other one sitting over here. So I'm I'm uh, optimistic tonight too. So, well, let's turn them up. Let's drink them and see how they go. Let's go. Bottoms up. Bottoms Cheers. Up. Oh yeah. Mm. I can tell Michael's coming in at five. Yep. I'll go ahead and rank mine. No. <laughs> Five. <laughs> um, yeah, left nut. 
you you just earned your first five from the beers five Luther ranking from the Beers and Bible podcast. Not that that means anything to you, but it means something <laughs> to us. And um, man, this thing is the mango flavor is perfect. It's very light, very crisp. Um, yeah. Could it, it's a very good summer summery drink, uh, grilling drink. I kind of wish I had had one while I was grilling tonight, actually. <laughs> um, but I look forward to the next time I grill and I can drink some. But man. This thing is perfect. The mango flavor, spot on. It's the, let's see, Untapped had it listed with no IBUs. It's not bitter at all, but it's also mm-hmm. not like overly sweet. It's a weird paradox of those things. Right. Um, it is juicy, full body. I mean, Untapped's description knocks it out of the park, which is good because the can hadn't like <laughs> had no, no help really on it at all. So, but Left Nut, you have. Nailed it with a sweet magnolia mango golden ale. Five nice. out of five Luthers from me tonight. Five out of five. I think Michael would have given it six if we'd have let him. That uh, that was a quick five when you went. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a five. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. So, nope. um, Anthony, what do you, what about so, the uh, Sipsy Strawberry? Sipsy LeBlanc? Strawberry. So, uh, reading the description, uh, it says. Let me go back to the description and make sure I get it right. Um, combines the crisp refreshment of the blonde ale with the sweetness of ripe strawberries. Okay. I can definitely get the blonde ale. The ripe strawberries are, it's it's not quite there. I, we talked about the peach, uh, the Georgia peach a couple of weeks ago from UFO, mm-hmm. and how the peach flavor was just like, boom. It, was just, it wasn't overbearing, so it tasted like all peaches, and it wasn't absent. This one is not quite strawberry enough for me. What I would think would be a strawberry. Okay. I, it's there. It's there, but it's just not it's not prominent. It's like uh what oh oh what are those LaCroix? Mm-hmm. Water yeah, things? I was about to say like <laughs> they're club sodas that have been near fruit. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was rode in a truck past the lemon plant. <laughs> you know, that's the LaCroix flavors or whatever. Um it, I can get a little bit of strawberry, mm-hmm. but I mean, when it says strawberry blonde, like I'm expecting a strawberry flavor, and it's just it's not there. Yeah, it's, the strawberry flavor is not enough uh, for me for my for my liking. Somebody else might might taste it and and be like, oh no, it's got plenty of strawberry. I don't know. I love strawberry. Strawberries are one of my favorite fruits to eat, especially in the summertime. Yeah, um, because we live where we are here in South Alabama. Um, we have tons of strawberry fields and fresh strawberries are everywhere down here. So you can buy fresh strawberries from just about any side of the road stand. And they're just huge, plump, juicy, like, oh, good strawberries. Perfect for strawberry shortcakes. But yeah, this one, it's good. It's good. It's got good flavor. It's definitely got crispness and it's definitely refreshing. So, so they've nailed two out of three here. Um, but I'm going to have to give this, I'm struggling between three and a half and four. Really? Like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's because it not being a strong or, or a, a good strawberry flavor, like it weakens it a pretty good bit for me. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to come in at three and a half and just say it's almost a four. Okay. You know, it's a strong uh, it's not, three and a half, not quite a four. A, yeah. Not quite a four. But it's it's good. It's definitely refreshing. It's just not it's not what I was expecting when I saw strawberry blonde ale. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, there you, you go. You are experiencing the opposite of what I'm experiencing yes. with the mango. Um, <laughs> I am. The, the mango ale is like, it tastes like a freaking mango. I'm not, uh, I, that's the only thing I can, and mangoes are one of those underrated fruits. Yeah. Like you, I periodically buy them, but I don't really ever know what to do with them. So you end mm-hmm. up going bad in our kitchen. Uh, <laughs> I just, you look at it. They, for look, a, they look cool. You look at them for a couple of weeks and then it's like, oh, let's eat that. And you pick it up and it's all mushy and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> so just but, kidding about that. But uh, this thing tastes like, it tastes like mango smells is what it tastes like. Nice. Nice. So there you go. There's the Sipsy River. Uh, and and actually, that I was reading that that uh, beer is actually named after a river that runs right there, right there by Tuscaloosa, called the Sipsy River. And uh, but there's the Sipsy Strawberry Blonde. There's a Sweet Magnolia Mango uh, from Black Warrior Brewing. That's a that's a mouthful. Black Warrior Brewing and Left Nut Brewing. Um, the Strawberry getting three and a half. I'm a, I'm a little let down, but I'm it's okay. It's it's I don't know. Maybe it's just me that the, the the first, I will say I'm almost done with my first one, and the strawberry is a smidge better now, but it's just it's just not. The strawberry flavor is kind of what got me. It's it's not there, so I'm going to give it three and a half. But, hey, Mango, Left Nut, you're coming in at five Luthers. Good job. It was fantastic, and I'm going to crack the second one open here in a second. Do it. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to have some music play, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about 1 Peter chapter 4. We're almost done with chapter 4, and and then we just got chapter 5 left, and it's going to be a good ending. So hold on tight, and uh, we will see you in just a minute. Welcome back. We hope you have enjoyed whatever brew that you are uh, sipping on tonight or today or whenever you're listening to. We hope it's not like first thing in the morning. If it is first thing in the morning, you ser- you're off. seriously either don't go to work or get help. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so tonight we are, like Anthony said, we're going to continue in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 7 through 11 together tonight, and um, that is just what we're going to do. So, if you have your Bibles, uh, open Whether them you up. like it or not. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're going through it <laughs> verse by verse, line by line, so here we go. If you have your Bibles, open to First uh, Peter chapter 4. Join us in verse 7, and uh, this is what the Word of God says. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard, and uh, here we go. Um. Peter says, Now the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-headed and disciplined for prayer. Above all, keep your love for one another at full strength, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Based on the gift that they... I'm sorry. Based on the gift they they have received, everyone should use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, his speech should be like the oracles of God. If anyone serves, his service should be from the strength God provides, 
so that everything God so that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen to that. Um this is this is gonna be an interesting turn in Peter's letter. Um kind of picking up last week, um in uh, at the beginning of chapter four, but Peter is really going to turn inward onto the church itself. He's been writing to the church. He's kind of been addressing the church, but he's kind of been, it's very, it's been very broad Mm -hmm. up until this point. You know, he's talked about husbands and wives, Mm -hmm. you know, masters and slaves, all that kind of stuff. And he's really turning it in on the church right now. Yeah. You were going to say something? No, I was just going to, you, you said it. I was just going to say, <laughs> oh, okay. he, you know, he's been, he's been, you know, he's, he's spoken to different groups uh-huh. um, within, like within the, you know, either within or without the church. But now he, yeah, you know, like you said, he's turning to more specifically the conduct of what the church should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, kind of explicitly, not explicitly, um, implied in, in all of these verses that we're going to discuss tonight is the reality that you are involved in a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things to hear people say, well, I'm going to have church on the golf course. Hey, guess what? No, you're not. No, um, you're going to play golf on the golf course. <laughs> you're going to play golf on the golf. Course. As you someone can... who has played golf before, <laughs> albeit only two rounds, there's not a whole lot of church going on there. <laughs> You know, oh, but it makes me feel close to the Lord. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you enjoy golf that way, but that's still no substitute for the church. Like right. this is this is specifically addressing people who are in a co- a close knit community together, mm-hmm. and they're serving together, they're working together, they're praying together, they're doing all of these things and uh, fishing, golfing, hunting. You know, pick your sport that men like to say. Oh, I'm going to go have church in the in the field or in the duck blind or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You can meet with guys at the church in the duck blind. You know, if you want to say I'm skipping church this week to go hang out with some guys in the duck blind, I'm cool with that. Whatever. You don't have to be at church every single week, mm-hmm. but you still need to be intimately involved with a local church. Yeah. The whatever your hobby is cannot be a substitute for time spent in a local church. That's right. Or you'll end up like the Israelites did when uh, Moses came down and somebody went, hey, you done messed up, A.A. Ron? It's yeah. really unfortunate because there's a lot of people that f- have that like mentality of, yes, I'm substituting time spent in a local church to hang out with other guys. And the, and the mission, a mission of those, whatever, whatever they are, could be ministry or could be discipleship or could be, but... but it there's no substitute for being a part of a local church. No, there's not. And being involved with corporate worship of that local church and, mm-hmm. and understand what we're saying about being involved. That means you attend corporate worship services. You're involved with some type of discipleship program or whatever it is through that church. You're being discipled or you are discipling. One of those two things is happening. Um, and, and if you're not involved in that local church, then you are missing out on one of the best common graces that God has given to believers in this world before death. Mm-hmm. Because the local church is where the the vast majority of ministry in the world happens. 
It's, it's you know, and it's where your growth as a believer happens. You're, yeah, you're not going to grow as a believer sitting in a field with a bunch of other guys who think just like you. Yeah, you're not going to grow as a believer. Um, this is gonna, this may be sacrilege a little bit, but <laughs> you're you're not going to grow as a believer going to a football game. Whoa with now. a bunch of other believers. Whoa now. Because y'all all pull for the same team. Whoa now. That's almost as bad as talking about politics. I thought I was the only one that made controversial statements. Michael's coming out swinging tonight. <laughs> but 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 really like pe- that, that that bothers me so much is when people say they're going to do X Y and Z in substitution for time spent yes. in the church. And yes. or they'll make excuses for why they don't go to church, and it's like if you expect to be, to grow as a believer in Jesus, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that without the strength of people who don't think exactly like you or don't yes. believe exactly like you or root for the same team that you do? Here's the way I like to put it: um, if you uh, if you're playing if your child is playing on a sports team and the the coach comes to you and says uh, <clears throat> says hey we're gonna have practice on this night and this night and then we have a game on this day mm-hmm. you know I think my son does better um, he'll he'll have practice on his own with his friends and then and then he'll just show up for the game you know if mm-hmm. if you're only if you're gonna pick and choose you know we would never do that in sports. Well, shoot. No, you're at every practice. No, forget that. Like, take take that. Like, practices on this night and this night. No, instead of practice on Tuesday night, my son does really good uh, practicing piano that night instead. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll show up for the game on Saturday and be just as prepared. Yeah. Like that. That's, Playing piano puts him in the right mindset yeah, to that, play that, baseball. But that's <laughs> the that's the mentality of church that a lot of people have yes. is that they can substitute some other thing Something, for yeah. church. And think that they're okay. Yes. And, and let's listen. Don't hear us saying all this like that. We're trying to knock hunting or sports or or oh no or hobbies like like having hot golf, whatever. Having dude, hobbies, I played golf three times last week. I was about to say Anthony's a <laughs> av- somewhat avid golfer. Um, but but so having hobbies isn't a bad thing. But it's hobbies cannot be your substitute for no. no. Being involved in the local church. And if you get to the point where you're convincing yourself that going fishing or going hunting or going and playing golf instead of going to church on a Sunday morning is better for your spiritual life, I'm sorry, you're wrong. There, there's yeah. there's no other way to put that. You're wrong. Yep. Um, and totally you can't agree. justify that scripturally. Um, so go try to pull that on somebody else, not here with uh, two guys drinking beer and talking about the Bible. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> So so let, we should get back to our text. That was a little side caveat that I wasn't aware it was going to happen when I said it, but it was a good discussion anyway. Um, so Peter Peter brings this thing in, and he's definitely relating this to the church. Um, and he, said, he opens it up. Uh, I love how he opens this up right here. The end of all things is at hand, is what mine says. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If if you're a conspiracy theorist, apocalyptic, like you love things like that. The end of all things is at hand. What? All things? Anyway. Paul's um, sitting there like, it's about to end right now. <laughs> like the climax of an Avengers movie. It's gonna be great. Um, 
So, so he's saying, Peter is saying, all these things are coming to an end, and here are some things that you need to understand to live by. Mm-hmm. And he's going to give us um, four different kind of statements, kind of action-oriented statements um, that we should live by. And then he's going to give us two specific gifts that we should use. Yeah. Okay? So so that's where we're going tonight. We're going to talk about four action-oriented things that we can do and then two gifts the way the way that we can use them. This is not an unfamiliar pattern for Peter. Like if you listen to the last episode of our podcast, he did a very similar thing in the first yeah. six verses of chapter four. Um, yes. Where he laid out a few things and then gave action statements. So yes. this is a very similar pattern that Peter is showing, um, which I think is cool. I think it just proves yeah. that Peter writes in patterns. So yeah, and it also means that Peter understands that people are dumb, and he has to like tell them <laughs> basic things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Anthony said it. Anthony said people are dumb. So um, hey, I know I'm dumb. That's true. I'm I'm an idiot sometimes. So. so, so Peter comes out comes out of the gate and he says, "Be sober minded and self controlled for the sake of your prayers." Mm-hmm. Um, this I mean, he's basically coming out and saying, "Hey, you you got to keep control of your mind. You got to keep control of your body, because if you don't." And and he's already said this in other areas. He mm-hmm. told the men at the end of chapter three or the kind of the beginning of chapter three, "Hey, if you're not loving your wife right, it's going to hinder your prayers." Yeah. And if you're not living to honor God, it's going to hinder your prayer life. And mm-hmm. so, this Peter keeps repeating this thing that in order to have a have a successful prayer prayer life, excuse me, you're going to need to you're going to need to live in this certain way, which is being sober minded mm-hmm. and ready for action. Yeah. Um. He go he he calls back into mind uh, what we talked about in chapter one, verse thirteen. Um, when he's talking about living a holy lifestyle, and Peter says, "Be sober-minded and set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- this is something that Peter has hit on before. He's going to continue to hit on it, and it should be that because Christians know that the end is coming or could come at any time, that we're keeping our mind clear, we're keeping focused, we're keeping. Um, oriented to the goal of Christ's second coming. Yeah. You know, whenever it happens. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we know that it could happen anytime, and so Mm. we have to stay in this mindset of this could happen. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, especially, like, maybe it's not as hard in other parts of the world, but in our culture right now, like, here, it is very hard to keep your mind clear and focused on prayers and focused on Jesus and focused on yeah. his second coming. Because, I mean, like you just said, let's take your your day at work today, for example. You came in trying to get one thing done and got bombarded with who question, knows, after like, question, question after and, question and, and request after request and all this stuff. And like how that's such a good like picture of what our lives as Christians is like. Like we're, we yeah. should be focused on this one thing. Like we should be focused on Jesus and should be focused have a clear mind and focus on our prayers, but we get bombarded with either outside influences or frustrations in life or 
difficulties or whatever they may be. And, and that distracts us from the one thing that we should be focused on. Like you were not able to get that one thing done that you wanted to get done today because of yeah. all the other stuff going on. It's the same <laughs> thing. It's a very like, that's a, I mean, God works everything all together, but that's like a very cool example that like we're, I'm just piecing together as we're sitting yeah. here. Uh, I, I don't like that that happened, but <laughs> I'm glad you pieced it together because it makes me feel not quite so bad about my day now. You've still got to get that one thing done tomorrow. <laughs> I, yeah, still got to get it done. It doesn't change my tomorrow, but um, but yes, that's and and I mean that's what the enemy does. That's what Satan does. Yeah, he, he's not gonna distract you with oh you need to read your Bible, you need to do this. You, you know, he's not gonna distract you with things that are gonna be good for you. He's gonna distract you with things that you go. Oh, let me just do that, and then I'll come back to this. Let yeah. me just get this thing done, and I'll come back to my Bible reading. Yeah, he, and he's not going to distract you with things that are necessarily bad either. No, like like on the surface, a lot of the things that we get distracted with are actually good. Yeah, and but it's when those things get in the way of our Bible reading, prayer reading, mm-hmm. time spent in church, worshiping Jesus, whatever it is, that's when those things start to de- de- yeah. yeah start to become a problem. Yeah, sorry. I Michael's already words. said something controversial, but uh, you know, here we when go. You're more <laughs> when you're more interested in in reading the latest news than you are in reading your Bible. Mm. Um, you know, it you're you're distracted. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, turn the news off. You don't have to be informed. Yeah, or better yet, you can be informed by the Bible instead of by the news. Yeah, it's okay. Yep, absolutely. Um, totally uh, agree. So totally agree. So. We're to be sober-minded. We're to be self-controlled. What is the next thing that we're supposed to be that Peter tells us? So Peter says we're to love one another. You um, get out of here with that. I don't. I don't love people. Let's see here. Um, I'm trying to find the reference. Like, uh, should be it, verse eight, eight, eight or nine. Above all, keep your love for one another at full strength, since love covers a multitude of sins. That's um, right. So. Peter's basically saying the church as a whole should be defined by its love for one another. Um, not only in like Anthony's church should love each, should everyone should love each other and my church should love each other and, and the church down the street, should, but the churches should be able to, it's not a competition. And I feel like we've talked about that before. We're like, Oh, we have, we've churches are so, I feel like we get lost in the, numbers game instead of the gospel game yes and it's we're not competing with other churches we're not trying to say you know our church is doing better than this church down the street or we're not doing as good like it's very heartbreaking to see churches get so caught up in numbers that they forget Mm. to minister to people that oh absolutely and you you see that focused on people who are or churches who focus on let's get out and let's do this to so that we can draw people to our church mm-hmm. you know instead of let's just get out in the community and minister um it's let's try let's do everything we can to draw people to our church mm-hmm. instead of let's just get out in the community and minister and yeah. so you you in and and honest i mean i may be crazy but i think people see right through that facade well it's just a gimmick yeah it's just it's a it's a it can be a gimmick that's a one-time thing and the thing is like and i've seen this posted on twitter and stuff before and i've gone back and forth on how i feel about it but right now i feel like um 
if it takes a gimmick to get them there, it's going to take a gimmick to keep them there. Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, ministering in the community is the best way to get them in the door. Preaching the gospel when they get there is the best way to keep them there. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, that's a, the gimmick that gets them there is going to be what it takes to keep them there. Because if, if your church is, you know, every Sunday it, it's a, it's a new something amazing or, or this crazy thing happening or something like that. And don't, don't misunderstand us. Doing something fun every once in a while is not a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's not. But if that's all you do, then excuse me. You know, you need to you need to check yourself. Did you burp? Is that a good? I, one? I burped right into the mic. I'm so sorry. No, but uh, but if 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 the gimmick is what keeps your numbers up, then maybe you need to reevaluate what you're doing as a church yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Because because you're right. If people if all you're doing is on the surface level and people aren't getting down in into the dirt with with other yeah. believers then it's it's people are going to bail and yes. and that's that's the sad reality and, that a, a lot of churches are dealing with and eventually you will run out of gimmicks or your gimmicks will not be cool enough or you'll have to repeat gimmicks yeah you know and so just keep it simple Stick to the gospel, mm-hmm. preach the gospel, yep. and and move on. Yep. Um, but but we're we're also to be defined by our our love, which is interesting because a lot of Christians today are not defined by their love. You know, mm. we're defined by the things that we stand against instead of the things that we stand for. Yeah. Um. Mm. And and so, you know, I'm just I'm just going to kind of leave that one there and just encourage you, church member. Um. Understand that what you say on Facebook and what you say at your job is heard by people who are not believers and is seen by people who are not believers. And they see that and they go, well, that's a church person. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, they're not talking any differently or they're not acting any differently than I am. So why should I be involved with what they're involved with? Yeah. If they're no different from me. Yeah. The greatest weapon that we have as believers is to treat others with love. Yes. Regardless of what they believe. Yes. So mm. it, it says that um, love covers a multitude of sins. And I think it's it's interesting that he says that because where love abounds, mm-hmm. sins will be easily forgiven and easily forgotten. Yeah. Um, it, and what that, that doesn't mean that you give a pass to sin— it's not a glossing over of sin. You still have to call sin what it is. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to love the sinner through their sin. Yeah. And and when they're and when they're done, when they when they've defeated that sin, guess what? You don't have to bring it up and say, This is who you were. This is who you used to be. Yeah. You know, you can say, This is who you are. You're now this person in Christ. Yeah. That old person is gone. You're a new creation. Well, I mean, when we when we come to Jesus and put our trust in him he doesn't see us for the sinners that we used to be he sees us as covered in his covered by his grace and his blood that's right why do we as believers think that someone who's lived in sin and is working through it and when they finally like i feel like there's such a disconnect between what jesus wants us to be and what we Mm -hmm. actually are 
Yeah. And it's very, again, heartbreaking because I feel like we've missed the mark on what being a follower of Jesus looks like. Mm-hmm. Because there's this like air of like that person over there struggles with whatever, you know, X, Y, and Z, and they're working through it. They may get all, the, you know, they may be like completely healed or completely set free from it. But it, I feel like there's all, always that, 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 that thought that like, ah, that's still who they are. Yeah. They haven't fully come, you know, they're, they're still going to go, they're going to run back to it or, you yeah. know, it, it's hard to forget history. I understand that. But if we're going to be truly like Jesus, like, yes, you are a broken, um, depraved sinner who needs Jesus greatly. Mm-hmm. You've worked through your sin and you've overcome it and you have victory over it. How hard is how hard is it for us to say like I don't I don't see you as that sinner anymore. I don't see yeah. you as that person who struggled with whatever it is. If we actually understood the amount of grace that we had been given, we would understand how to give grace to other people. Yep. Another, but we don't understand the grace that has been given to us. Another topic we've talked about. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's it, oh, I mean, it's so it's, hard. I mean, and we've—I think we've talked about how it's hard to like. Was that? I can't remember if that was in the podcast or in something else that was happening at the same time as a podcast. But we were talking about like when someone wrongs you and you forgive them. It's very hard to for you know you, we as believers should forgive regardless of if they show remorse, regardless of yeah. if they apologize, regardless of if they you know if they do it again and again and again. Like Jesus said, forgive them seventy times, seven times. Yeah. So, and that maybe was you should go read the book of Hosea. Anyway, I mean, but but, but that was <laughs> Jesus's way of saying like forgive them until you die, basically. Like J- yeah. Jesus was saying, there's no limit on forgiveness. Yeah, I did see a funny meme that was like someone waiting for the four hundred ninety first time for someone to mess mess with them. <laughs> Seventy times seven's four hundred ninety. <laughs> yeah, but but done. like I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah, but but it's like Jesus says, forgive because you for like Jesus says, forgive because you've forgiven much, and we don't live that way. No, we don't. And the 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 tiniest slight we write that person off or say, I don't want anything to do with you ever again. It's like, really you've sinned against the God of the universe and you're going to be upset because they had some minor, what is going to end up being a minor slight in the eyes of eternity. There's a parable about this. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. It's in Matthew. Um, uh, it's, It's escaping me what chapter it is, but you know, there's a there's a master who forgives a servant, and he has a huge debt, and he yes. says, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. he and he begs for forgiveness, and the and the master says, you're forgiven. And as soon, and the as, soon as he gets goes, out, he he beats the slave because of a, yeah. A, of he a goes minor some other guy who debt. owes him minimal amount. Yes, He's like pay me what you owe me, and and not a slave, I mean, but like yeah, <laughs> that's essentially the same thing. Is is we don't understand how much we have been forgiven. We don't understand the depth of the grace and the mercy of God because we don't spend time in God's word mm-hmm. and we don't spend time learning the way that God teaches us to act. Dude, if we understood that, I don't think we would ever speak a purse word against anybody oh, ever no. again. Oh, no. 
We would. Even even if the person was like cussing us out or treating us like dirt or whatever, like we would be like, okay, yeah, God loves you, okay, yeah, because I mean that is uh, somebody who truly understands what the grace that they've been given, you know, mm. and it's it's hard. I mean, look at look at the life of Jesus. How many times was Jesus wronged? How many times did the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders come after him mm-hmm. and try to trap him and and try to try to get him in these certain situations so that they could do something to him. And they eventually had to work off of trumped up charges that weren't even real and, and convince people that these were real charges. And I mean, the whole thing was a farce. Yeah. But Jesus still said, okay, that, okay. If that's what you feel like you need to do, do it. Yeah. But it's not going to solve your problems. Yeah. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus wasn't, I feel like the way I read the Jesus in the garden before he's arrested he said he's praying to the Father, saying, "You know, if it's your will, take this cup for me. But either way, Thy will be done." I feel like Jesus wasn't crazy about the idea of going to the cross, but he was willing. Who would be? <laughs> but he, but but he's also the God of the universe. He knew he was going to the cross. Oh yeah, he knew, he knew. But it's it so. The interesting part about that is when you when you couch that whole take this cup for me thing in the theme of Passover, which was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so there's the there's the third cup um that Jesus does not partake in. Oh yeah, there's the yeah. And mm-hmm. and and instead of and that cup is the cup of redemption. Maybe it's the fourth cup. So instead of, of the that, cups. Yeah, the cup of it's the cup of redemption that he doesn't partake in. So that he can drink the what's called the fifth cup, the cup of God's wrath, mm-hmm. and he drinks the wrath of God so that we don't have to, uh. and we can partake in the cup of redemption. Um, and he and then he says, you know, the next time I do tip partake of this cup, it will be in the new heavens and the new earth. Um, there, that's a whole we can we could go hours on that one uh, later, but but yeah, that's I mean, again, the the whole point is that. Christ showed this love to people. Christians, why can't we? What what's wrong with us that we can't show this type of love to people? Why do we have to be so legalistic and so mm-hmm. um and, and and it leads to this other this kind of off offsetting point here that where love abounds, sins will be easily forgiven and forgotten. Where love is not, there's gonna be strife. There's mm-hmm. gonna be this constant antagonization. Did I just make up a word? Antagonism. Um, between two people, there's this suspicion. There's this constant misunderstanding. You know, mm-hmm. you you think you know what somebody said. Well, I didn't mean it that way. Well, that's what I heard it as. And yeah. you know, it's this it's this lack of communication, and the, and it just does nothing but create more and more conflict. Yeah. And and I, I if you can't look at society today and say that's exactly where we are, then you are not looking at society today. Yeah. Like you're looking at something else. Yeah. I don't know if I've shared it on this, but we went through a like marriage thing in our church. And one of the things that came out of it that has been really like eye-opening for me, not just in my marriage, but in all relationships in general with people I work with, believers, unbelievers, whatever, mm-hmm. has been the idea that um, believe that the other person has your best intentions in mind. Yeah. That's the way to put it. And so, like, if we as believers live that way, it's like, they may, I mean, I, I don't, ah, sorry. 
So no, I I I I hear what you're saying, and I think you're exactly right. And, I couldn't think I, of how to put it. Like it doesn't make sense so, in my brain because like people are gonna screw you over. Like there's no yeah. other way to put it. Well, so the, so some the, people don't have that. What you do is is you interpret people's words as charitably as possible. When when somebody says something, you don't immediately go to the, well this is this is what they mean, and it's the worst thing that it could possibly be. You try to interpret somebody's intentions as best as you possibly can. Now, there are times when people say things and you're like, I don't know any other way to interpret that other than this, and it's bad. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, that happens. But but for the most part, listen to, listen to what people say and then say, okay, is this person trying to hurt me? Are they trying to harm me? Or, or can I give them charity in some, some way, shape, or fashion? Yeah. You know, can I interpret what they're saying in a in a positive light somehow? More often than not, people are not out to get you. No. I'm I'm gonna go for two controversial statements tonight. Democrats are not out to, to run your life and Republicans are not out to be fascists. Okay? Let's, beep, just, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> let's let's just say that. But we have legitimate disagreements about the role of government in a citizen's life. Mm-hmm. You know? Conservatives and liberals have legitimate disagreements, but that doesn't mean that liberals are these, you know, free-loving, they want government to run everything, and conservatives are these, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. If you can't do it on your own, then you deserve to die type of people. Um, more, often, know, more often than not, most people would fall in the middle of any extreme. Oh, yeah, which, we, which we've talked about here. We you know, have. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people are in the middle, and they're almost afraid to admit it because of the polarizing sides that have, yep. have popped up. But yeah. that, that's a discussion for another day. But, yeah. but the, the point is that we have to show love to one another. Number one, inside the church, we have to show love to people inside the church if we're going to be able to love people outside the church. Yeah. So and I that think that's what us. Peter is moving on to with the next oh, yeah. verse. Yeah, it's exactly what he's moving on when he says, "Show hospitality without grumbling." Yeah, um, without complaining. Yeah, um, you know, in in the first century, travel was a lot different, and people what? would travel and they would need. Yeah, no, they didn't have cars, <laughs> they didn't have Teslas, they, they rode, didn't have charging stations. They rode donkeys and walked. <laughs> If you yeah, say if you were rich, you rode a donkey or a camel. If you were poor, you walked. <laughs> Dude, donkey was the first century Tesla. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Whew. They didn't have autopilot back then. But anyway, so you would have to you would have to rely on the hospitality sometimes of strangers. Yeah. You know, and, and I think a key point in this one, or a, a, a kind of a key story on this one, is Mary and Joseph when they go to the innkeeper. The innkeeper's full, but he's like, hey, I've got this place out back. And and if you want to, I mean, they're relying on the hospitality of this innkeeper. They don't know if this innkeeper's going to take them out back and murder them. You know, that's I, what we would assume today. I've got a, I've got a barn in the back where the animals stay is basically what yeah. he said. Like, that's <laughs> all I've got. Yeah. Um, and crazy, but. But they're relying on the hospitality of this guy. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then in that hospitality, the savior of the world is born. Yeah. So if there's no other reason, you know, I I, I think it's there. There's another part. It's in. Oh, I can't remember. Y- you might be entertaining angels and not knowing about it. Oh uh, um, yeah. When when you're showing hospitality to people, not mm-hmm. talking about the newsboy song, entertaining angels. I'm you know, 
Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I don't listen to Newsboys. <laughs> They're so cheesy. <laughs> a lot of people did back in the '90s, and that's well, what it made me. Think I wasn't of. a Christian back then, so you know. But you, but you, you never know when just showing a little bit of hospitality to someone might change that person's life, might lead to a gospel conversation, yeah. might open the door to be able to do something. And hospitality doesn't necessarily mean inviting people into your home. It could be taking somebody out for a meal. Dude, it could be treating the cashier well. Like I had yeah. a I had an encounter at a drive thru this week and I it's it blew my mind. I was I was sitting the car in front of me was at the window and I was behind him. Mm-hmm. And and there was some disagreement going on. I don't know what happened. They the food wasn't right or the food they didn't have what they wanted, like COVID is, or labor, maybe it's labor by this point, it screwed a lot of stuff up. But anyway, it's like the people in the car in front of me threw their bag back through the window. Oh, God. And just like drove off. And I was like, that was weird. <laughs> I drove up and the guy at the window was just like, could not believe what was going on. It, it, I had never seen him there before. I go there like once a week. So it's like, I was like, I pretty much know who's here. Um, yeah. So I had never seen him before. And I was like, man, that was crazy. And I was trying my best not to be like, I just wanted to get my food and get out. Yeah. But but I was like trying my best to show the guy like um, appreciation and mm-hmm. and thankfulness for, for him being there and all this stuff. And he, I mean, he was having a rough go of it. So, yeah. but it's like, you never know what little interactions you have with people. Like you could be pulling up to a window at a drive-thru and somebody has just thrown food back through the window. Yeah, and and you'll never you you would never know that unless you saw the food fly through the through <laughs> out of the car into the window. Um, but like if we treated every interaction with people like they had just had like the worst previous interaction with somebody, mm-hmm. if we, if we treated everyone with grace and love and mercy and, and understanding, what would that look like for the kingdom? What would that look like? Like you may not ever see the fruit of that no. experience. Until you die, yeah. or even I, I like. So, I feel like we as believers need to be very mindful of our interactions with people and not be yeah. so hard nosed or like grumbly. Yeah, there there needs to be an air of joy and appreciation in every interaction we have. Yeah. I think it's John fourteen fifteen that says, "Do all things without grumbling or complaining." Mm-hmm. You know that that was like the second Bible verse I taught my kids, um, <laughs> because it's like Genesis one one John fourteen fifteen. Uh, <laughs> but because I mean it's it's something that you have to instill in somebody from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I have to preach it to myself. Yeah. Do all things without grumbling or complaining. Man, I'm the world's worst about something not going my way, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I'm, I'm you know. You were just talking about how your day did not go the way you wanted yeah. it to today. Yeah, I was literally complaining earlier in tonight's thing, so I'm I'm sorry, and I repent for grumbling and complaining. Um, but but if we show hospitality to people, mm-hmm. we're going to necessarily put ourselves yep. at this level of vulnerability. Gosh. We're you know, it's it's going to lead us or leave us in situations where we could possibly get hurt. Somebody might throw it back at us, but just again, soak it up, move on to the next situation. Yeah. Um, you know, as scripture there again, understand you're showing the love 
that you want to show Christ through people. So it's not like they're rejecting you. It's like they're rejecting Christ. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's kind of a, a way that I like to look at it is when somebody mistreats me, um, I try not to look at it as they're mistreating me. I just say, well, I'm trying to show them the love of Christ. So really they're just mistreating Christ. Yeah. And that's not yeah. my job to sort out. Yeah. Um, the, the vulnerability thing is very challenging though, because the, the, there's very surface level, like interactions. Yeah. But I mean, in churches or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if when you when you are when you put yourself out there to be hospitable, whether it's in their element or in yours, you're necessarily saying I am revealing a portion of myself to you. Yeah, like like I'm trying to be genuine, or I'm inviting you into my home, mm-hmm. and there's that you know. I don't know if it's a it's a scare like uh, a fear thing or whatever, but it's like is this interaction going to be positive, negative, neutral? And, and, and yeah. I know we, and I know we can't be like worried about every single interaction that way. I know we can't be worried yeah. about whether or not there's is a positive or negative or neutral interaction. Um, but I feel like that, that is what shackles a lot of believers in, into being into whether or oh, not yeah. they're into whether or not they're hospitable to strangers yeah. or neighbors or whatever. So if we're to be hospitable without grumbling, without complaining, that's going to lead us to serve one another. And the way that we serve each other is through the gifts Mm. that God has given us. Yeah. Some people are gifted to cook food. Um, I am not gifted to cook food. My wife is incredibly gifted at cooking food. Can confirm. So, yes. Michael has been to my house and had uh, multiple meals cooked by my wife. and. Michael's wife is a is a great cook, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so they they use that talent. You know, I'm I'm the guy who likes to invite seventy six people to my house, and then and my, and then and my leave wife it up to your wife to, to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife likes to cook, so I'm like, hey, guess what I did? I invited seventy six people over, and she's like, how am I going to cook for all these people? I'm like, you're awesome. <laughs> I love uh, you. <laughs> I love you. Um, no, but but we use the gifts that God has given us. Mm-hmm. We and and, and that kind of is the is the next kind of couple of points that Peter makes is we use these gifts. We steward God's gifts through service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and we use the grace that God has given us in our lives to put those gifts on display. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Peter singles out two specific gifts. Yeah. But really and truly both of these gifts can kind of wrap up just about every gift that is that is that God gives. Yep. Um, so the first one is the one who speaks, and I love uh, yours said the oracles of God. Mine says the oracles of God. Um, the I was reading earlier tonight in the CSB, which is the cool Southern Baptist. The HCSB is the hardcore Southern Baptist. I don't know if you knew that. Or not. <laughs> I've never um, heard that before. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so the CSB is kind of like the new, it's the newer updated translation, uh, updated words of the HCSB. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, we, we joke and we call it the cool, the cool Southern Baptist. Oh man. That's I have to get a cool out, Southern Baptist version. Now. It's put out by the Southern Baptist church. So anyway, that's amazing. That's, that's a little side tidbit there for you. Sorry. I um, laughed way too hard at that. <laughs> but it, when it talks about the one who speaks, it says one who speaks with God's words is the is what it says in the CSB. 
And, you know, oracles of God sounds really weird because every time I see the word oracle, I think of the Matrix um, when Neo meets the the oracle. Never seen the Matrix. Oh, so. oh my gosh. Oh. We've talked about this. <laughs> On the we podcast, have. we've talked and about I'm su- this. And I'm surprised every time I hear it. I, I still don't want to believe it. But should, should I tell you I haven't <laughs> seen the Lord of the Rings either? <laughs> I slept through half of the Lord of the Rings twice. I can't make uh, it. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, rabbit so, trail back. Um, but even though, like, you would think somebody who's who's speaking God's words, you always you kind of innately think of a preacher. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who's preaching. Um, it's not necessarily limited to people who are just preaching. Um, but this would, I mean, this would be uh, again what we've talked about tonight: your daily interactions with people. Yeah. You know, you have the opportunity to speak. The words of God to those people. You have the opportunity to speak life into them. Enter Toby Mac, speak life. You know, um, you have the opportunity to to encourage that person to speak God's words to that person. Yeah. What you know, take that opportunity, bask in that opportunity, and love that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And what that means for Christians is number one, we have to constantly be guarding our speech. Um, it's James chapter three that says the tongue is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we have to constantly be on guard with what we say, how we say it, why we're saying what we're saying. Um, because again, people are going to interpret us, even though we try to interpret people charitably, people are not necessarily going to interpret us charitably. Right. And so we have to be on extra guard. We have to be prepared. Uh, and when somebody interprets us uncharitably, guess what? We get the opportunity to respond to them charitably. <laughs> Michael's got a deep thought right here. No, I don't. I was just <laughs> okay. going to agree with you. I was just waiting for, I was wondering if you were going to say something else. No, nope, that was it. Um, so we talk about the one who speaks. Let's talk about the last one, the one who serves. So, um, when we serve, we are to rely on God's strength. Um, this idea of serving is a crucial point. Um, or relying on God's strength is crucial for, for the Christian service. If we rely on our own strength, we will fall into the temptation to elevate our service. Mm-hmm. Um, anything done outside of the strength of God becomes a, an opportunity for us to boast on our own merit and if you're a true believer in Jesus, you realize you don't really have any merit. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of Jesus, you don't have the strength to serve adequately. You don't have the strength to serve um, in a way that's honoring God. And, and it ends up being a very self-serving service, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Peter says, if anyone serves, his service should be from the strength God provides so that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, every, everything we do should be in, in, as an opportunity to glorify God. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and we serve so that God will receive the glory in everything that we do. Yes. Um, one of the things that, that I do with my kids is I teach them what's called a catechism, which is... A catechism is basically just a question and answer. Um, I give them a question. I teach them the answer. And everything is is basically a, a biblical doctrine or a uh, Christian worldview perspective. Mm-hmm. And so the very first question that we have, uh, the one that I teach, is called the New City Catechism, which is kind of a modified version of 
uh, what's called the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, and so it's a little bit modified from that, but it's called the New City Catechism. It's put, about, put out by Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very first question is, what is our only hope in life and death? And the response or the answer is that we are not our own, but we belong to God. And if, if the first lesson I could teach my kids is that your life is not your own, it was bought with a price, um, and you have to live as a way that you are not your own. You are you are owned by some something else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the best lesson. And then I can tie that to the gospel. I can tie that to scripture. And and this comes specifically from Romans fourteen verses seven and eight. And I'm just going to read Romans fourteen seven and eight. And it says, uh, "For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord." And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Mm. And and for a person who serves, for a person who understands that no matter what we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord, that is a person who's going to understand what service is. That's going to be a person who understands what we've talked about all night long, yeah. the grace that has been given to you. Um, all of that is going to culminate in the way that you live your life and if you live your life to the glory of God. Um, and, and even at the end of this section in First Peter, um, he says, he says uh, that God, we, in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what we call a doxology. It's a, it's a close, it's almost like a closing of an argument. Um, and, and a lot of times the doxology will end with, you know, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Because again, everything in our life is to point back to God. Everything in our life is to give glory to God because ourself in ourself, there is nothing worthy. There is nothing righteous. And so we only have the righteousness that is given to us by God. And we take that righteousness and turn it back and give him glory because of that. Yeah. So there you go. There's a, there's a little bit of discussion on the church. There's a little bit of discussion on the way Christians should be uh, living, and specifically in the church, how we should be acting, um, how we should be interacting with the world. And any other closing thoughts there on that? I don't think so. I think we've, we've touched, touched everything we need to touch here. Yeah, we have. We've hit it pretty good tonight. I, I, this is a good section of First Peter, and I really kind of I like the closing part of it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, if they want to reach us on social media, where would they reach us on social media? If you would like to reach out to the Beers and Bible podcast on um, our social medias, you can do that by going to Instagram and finding us at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can uh, find us on Facebook by searching for Beers and Bible podcast and uh, looking for our logo there. That's a company that matches our uh, podcast logo. And then you can also email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you and um, answer any questions you have about anything we've discussed. Or you, if you have any other further questions, we'd love to hear those. And um, if you have any uh, beer suggestions that we, you think would be a good, uh, good addition to the podcast for us to try here and review, we uh, would love to hear those too. So, um, we look forward to hearing from you, and we really hope to have some really exciting things to sh- uh, share with you guys in the coming weeks. Um, just some cool opportunities and things that um, 
we think are going to be very exciting for our uh, for us and for our listeners. Yes, yes. So until next week, keep your beer cold, keep your Bible open, and we will see you later. Peace out. <laughs>